Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the first ever NFL Super Friends here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. The NFL Super Friends will be Evan Swords of 49ers Hub. Jarrett Bailey of USA Today, and JP Acosta of SB Nation, all big NFL guys that you know and love reading and listening to all over Twitter and SB Nation and USA Today and everywhere else. Um, it's it's going to be a fun time each and every week here on the Chase Thomas Podcast where we're going to talk all things NFL. Um, it's going to be a really fun show. Really excited about this. And the opening installment of NFL Super Friends this week was awesome. JP... Um, Jarrett and I, we talked about Dalvin Cook, where he makes the most sense. If Fred Taylor has a strong Hall of Fame case, if not Fred, Jamal Charles, Derek Henry, um, Kirk Cousins potentially being in a bidding war, uh, or two teams being in a bidding war for Kirk Cousins next year, rather, and who those two teams might be. And then we do a deep dive into the AFC South. Um, if the Jags can win the title next year, the Texans and Colts, why they're neck and neck in a lot of different ways and the titans um how many wins is Vrabel and that defense worth and how bad can they actually be even with that offensive line with how good that defense could be um all that and more coming up with the first edition here of the nfl super friends here on the chase thomas podcast as always uh you can uh, reach me and the nfl super friends on instagram or at on uh, wow on twitter at pod chase thomas you can also email the show at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com you can also watch this very show on youtube uh well over a thousand subs over there as we continue growing more and more each and every day so if you want to watch this show uh clips shorts all that good stuff youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast like and subscribe all that good stuff as well and then if you are listening to this very show for the first time First off, welcome to the program. Uh, this is a daily national sports show uh, that uh, covers everything each and every day here on the program. Uh, if you like what you hear, please make sure you hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. New content each and every day on your feed, um, keeping you informed on what's going on in all of your favorite leagues, 
colleges, teams, all that good stuff uh, each and every day here on the Chase Notes Podcast here in East Tennessee, East Tennessee's number one national sports podcast. And uh, yeah, if you're already a subscriber, you know what I'm about to ask you. Please, 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 before you uh, check out this episode here, leave this show a five-star rating on your preferred podcast player, and then write us a review. Uh, tell other folks why you like the show, why you think they will like the show as well. Tell a family member, friend, coworker, whoever about the show and why you think they should listen too. So there you go. All that coming up next. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to the first edition here on the NFL Super Friends. It's just, it felt right. Like a group of NFL friends on the internet who enjoy talking about football. Some of us go to wrestling school. Some of us do political TV spots. Some of us are just cold in their house, and they want to put on their their like uh, bathrobe because they're they were chilly, and that's what they wanted to do. But that is how... The Super Friends comes together on this fine Monday night. And that means JP Acosta of SB Nation is here. JP, good evening, sir. How are you? Doing great. Uh, very, very sore. Uh, my legs feel like jello. But It's we, not even tomorrow. Like, if it's already tomorrow, sore tonight. Tomorrow. So I did go to pro. I was one who went to pro wrestling school for the day. Mm. Um, tomorrow is probably going to hurt like hell. But today, yeah. I'm, only, I'm only a little sore. Well, there you go. Um, you'll get through it. You, you'll, you'll get through it, JP. Also here, Jarrett Bailey of USA Today. Jarrett, you're fresh off vacation. How was vacation, sir? Um, you know, I was hoping, you know, if I'm going to go somewhere that's going to be hot, just be hot so I can go in the ocean and let the waves drag me. It wasn't. Um, but luckily, you know, we had like a pool and everything, hot tub, everything at the uh, at the house. So it was nice, you know, see my sister, see my dad. It was it was a good time. But uh, Where'd you go? Outer Banks. Where's that? North Carolina. Oh, you went down to almost my country over here. Yeah, long drive. Oh, by the way, I don't know if anybody saw this. If you're from the state of Virginia and drive, I hate you so wow. much. Wow. wow, great great way to start off the super friends. I know. He, Virginia, not a super friend of Jarrett Bailey's over Man, here. Man, that place is the Wild West when it comes to driving. Holy hell's bells. I was not enjoying myself when I was there. What um, do you mean? What was wrong with it? Bro, like I was at a yield thing, right? Like I had to like <laughs> go across a highway to get on a ramp to get back on a different highway. Mm. And so I'm like waiting at a yield and then somebody drives like past me to the left somebody drives past me to the right uh, and just they converge ahead of me i'm like oh okay cool i guess we just you know make our own laws here in the the state oh you're not built for the south that what yeah, i've just heard is you not, are not built for the south at all that, no we call no, I'm, so, I'm sorry that i appreciate good driving and, and following that, you know we call that in orlando we call that disney traffic <laughs> that, that sounds I mean, sounds like hell that's tame for Atlanta. Like my wife almost oh, lost her mind. Like I'm from Atlanta, Jared. You that story? Oh man. Yeah, you, you're in the. How are you cold right now? By the way, it's ju- it's June. Well, hold on. I can explain why I'm cold real quick. Because um, my wife has it freezing in the house right now. Because Good for her, man. Yeah. But the problem is, like, 
I wish we could time it better because I want to be like ready to go to sleep at that point. Like she's going to sleep now. So she has it on super cold and I'm like, I'm still up. So this is going to like, I'm, I'm going to be kind of cold here for a little bit. I can't like, I'm not ready to transition to sleep. And uh, the God co- bless like, my future wife because she better enjoy a cold house. The, that thing's going to be at 67, 68 degrees and it's going to be lovely. I mean, how I don't know how people sleep in the summer with it warm, like anywhere in the 70s. It's there's no way I'm doing that. Like, I can't be doing that. When I was living uh, at my grandparents' house um, over the summer, mm. the air conditioning was broken. And this is in Florida in the summer. It was, it was, what were you doing? Hot. Windows open? Like, what fans? How many fans did you have in your room at this point? Oh, we didn't sleep in rooms. It was too hot. We oh. all slept in like the living room. On like little, uh, we took the beds and we put them out in the living room. <laughs> we had all the fans around. Yeah, man, it was extremely hot. I, I could not imagine. That's I, w- I would meet God. That would be <laughs> that would be the. Oh, end. I thought I saw him. He was wet too. <laughs> That's wild. I also just love I have JP to bond with over this because Jared's story, I was expecting way worse. And I'm like, oh, this is just he's northern. Like he's a northerner. He's not familiar yes. with how Atlanta is like the, the I'm south drives. Human decency when it comes to being behind the wheel of an yeah, automobile. That's not that doesn't exist that here. Atlanta traffic every day. You just yeah. dock off three hours because you're yeah. like, oh, it's that's fine. I, I now even know if there's whenever... no traffic, you always have to have your head in a swivel. People are cutting off. Blinkers don't exist. If in, I ever decide in, to, you know, just, you know, try something else and move somewhere, I know a specific section of the country that I will just kind of cross off. Yes. I'll stay away from. Yeah. And I'll remain up north with my brethren of normal drivers, and it'll be a good time. There you go. By the way, we're the super friends. What, what, do we have, like, designated superheroes? Because I do want dibs on Batman, if, if that's okay. You want Batman? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the the noted Batman guy here. I've got two whole like shelves and a bunch of walls full of Batman stuff. I got my big Batman Funko. Okay. Yeah. Did you see the Flash yet or no? No. Okay. Probably not. Gonna. Good, you're not gonna. I was gonna say that was. A, I'm not gonna see it. I haven't seen that's it. A, and I'm, not I'm not gonna, gonna see, see it. See answer. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't watch. I'm not a big superhero movie guy, but Batman is my exception. I do love Batman. Um, I'm, so, I'm such a nerd when it comes to superhero movies. So yeah, like I didn't watch Black Adam. I'm not gonna watch The Flash. Um, anything Marvel, you can. I'm not watching. You know, it's. I almost got up and left Guardians Volume Three, JP, because the torture, folks. Sorry for spoilers here, but I have like two months, months, man. You're not spo- if you're spoiling for anybody, that's on them. Okay, well. I have a little dog right here that looks like a raccoon and her name's Khaleesi. And when you see Rocket the Raccoon, my guy going through it, yeah, I, I that was one of the more uncomfortable. Like I'm currently mo- mo- maneuvering through season one of The Boys and Friend of the Pod. <laughs> <laughs> see that reaction from JP is all I needed right there. JB, it's insane. My wife and I, every episode, we're looking at each other like, what are we like? It's the boys is batshit crazy. And you're just on season one. That shit's going to be. Homelander just got breastfed. Like, I'm, oh, just, I, uh, I'm losing it. I saw episode one of the boys. And like after the first five minutes, I was like, bro, what the f- am I That's watching? 100, like, is... But it doesn't get any less version. It's, it's no. every episode is that. It gets worse. It gets <laughs> even crazier. And I love it. But yeah, I almost cried during Guardians of the Galaxy. Right? Yeah, man, it it almost got me. At so the they end. tortured that raccoon, then, huh? Not not the uh, 
that was sad. That was real sad. But yeah. uh, Trace Thomas is on the verge of tears right now. Like but, I can't. I'm not kidding. I'll show y'all a picture of my dog. Like looks almost exactly a ro- like Rocket Raccoon. It just like, at the end when Peter reunited with his grandpa, I was like, oh yeah, yeah that's go- that's gonna get me. Mm-hmm. That, that's gonna get me. It almost got me. But what a roller coaster of a movie emotionally. But I love Guardians. Guardians is great. I think it's, it's the best of the Marvel movies. It's, it's one of the better trilogies mm-hmm. done. I agree. We saw uh, on Sunday afternoon, No Hard Feelings, the new Jennifer Lawrence comedy. It's solid. Solid. It feels like it seems like something that Jennifer Lawrence like actually is interested in or actually. She's funny. Like Jennifer Lawrence is legitimately like really, really good comedic timing. Really funny. She has a scene where she just beats three teenagers asses naked. Like it's it's really funny at wrestles like she hits a rock bottom. All right. At one point. It's. It, <laughs> I mean, it's. It catches you off guard. It, it catches you off guard, but it's. It's you top notch. Man. The the like the whole fight scene is one of the funnier parts of the movie. Um, because you don't see it coming. Because she's thirty two, and then proceeds to. Uh, here's some more spoilers. Here proceeds to beat up three teenagers who steal her clothes when she's skinny dipping with uh, the other uh, lead in the in the movie. It's pretty. It's pretty wild. It's it's pretty funny. Why didn't I get like an email about like they were casting for these said parts? I would have jumped on that immediately. Mm. <laughs> It'd be the first super friend in the movie. I would have been I would have been the first super friend in line. <laughs> if they ever make if Rhea Ripley's ever in a movie and she beats the hell out of somebody, I'll I'm in. Oh. I'm in. I'll I'll do whatever they need me to do. <laughs> I'll take I don't I don't even need to go to wrestling school to learn how to take the bump. You can just, I'm in. Just hit me. Just hit me. <laughs> Step on me, whatever you want. I'm here. Oh my god. I'll make the most of this trip. Wow. JP, what's your superhero? We got Batman over here. What's gonna I be your super friend? Superman's one of my favorite superheroes ever. Okay. Superman it's, the animated series is so slept on. It's a very cliche Never saw answer, but yeah. Superman is the best. He he's always giving hope, and he's also strong as shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> else too, like he's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I think for me, it's still probably Spider Man. Spider Man was the original for me. I, the amount of hours I played PS One for Spider Man, like that game, yeah, goaded game. Just, it's really one of the most underrated games of all time. Love that. The whole story, everything man. about it. Just he's, ten out of ten. No notes. Spider-Man on PS1. Yet? Uh, no, but I saw the first one and it's great. I have oh, not seen the second one yet. Buddy, you are in for a roller coaster. Yeah. I watched it uh I think last month and just what a movie. It's it's just Is awesome. it better than the first? Yes. Okay. To me, it's better than the first and Sony has four maybe three or four of the best Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Marvel probably got to be a little bit pissed about that i just think there's too many spider-man movies i love it I i'll love just it. go see him like i you, you I can keep it, putting them out makes sense now because yeah. there's a whole multiverse thing yeah so it's like oh this is spider-man from a different universe and now i mean if they do venom 7 i'm still gonna see it like i like i've venom like i don't care like i i will say it did bother me that tom hardy was like the perfect cast venom like there's not a better cast and it just it perfect and yeah. now they're doing the uh, Spider-Man 2 game with Venom. Oh, seeing during football season. Mm. So <laughs> I'm going to have to put in a call to SB Nation. Be like, hey, I, I might not be able to work as many hours. 
He's going to pull Magic Johnson. I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be here. You you can have as much football content as you want. It will not be from me. Wow. There you go. Speaking of football content, though, we have some football we got to talk about on this very show. Um, This is something that I was wondering now that it's been a couple of weeks that dust has settled, there's been a lot of discourse, capital D, on the Dalvin Cook future team and what he can be. Dalvin Cook sees himself as someone who can still get back to what he was at Florida State many years ago. Jarrett, when you look at him being unsigned right now, where do you like him to go? And do you think it ultimately matters? Because friend of the pot, Theo Ash of Stay Hot, very succinct. He cracks me up on Twitter. He's very direct. He's just one sentence, his take, and then he moves on with his day. It's great because I, I just don't have the courage that folks like Theo have to, of just lighting the world on fire and then moving on where he's like, nope, washed, done, and <laughs> he moves on with his day. Do you share that sentiment or do you think he is still a valuable add to somebody like the Jets? I feel like there's a gray area here. Like I don't think he's horrible i think the numbers kind of showed that last year like he's still a a good running back but i don't think he's a a guy who's gonna make or break a super bowl team you know what i mean like if if he goes to miami which i think everybody seems to be kind of penciling in that that's the most likely destination if like if he goes to miami it's not going to change my mind on like good or bad i'm still gonna say yeah there's still this Mm. um it's similar to like deandre hopkins if he were to go to the patriots like that doesn't change my mind on them one way or the other so Mm. i I still think that he is a fine running back but the position isn't the premium that it used to be and they have a guy that they just drafted devin achain from texas a&m who is a similar mold of dalvin cook already who's just cheaper and they don't necessarily need to go out and get him if they don't want to so he's a fine running back and I still think that he has a year or two left of good production, but I don't think he's a missing piece for a Super Bowl team. But there is a team. There is a team that is very clearly wanting to get back into the run game and not let their quarterback cook, and that is the Denver Broncos. Oh, I they were going to say the Atlanta Falcons, and I was like, full? Sorry, we're full. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say Atlanta. They're, they have like seven running backs. Yes. Like, like now, please no. But is is that a thing right now that I missed that people are saying Atlanta? It was like a very small, yes. very quick thing. Yeah. But I think he would honestly be a better fit in Denver than he would Miami because mm. of what Dalvin Cook wants to be. If he says he still wants to be a guy, wants to prove that he can be a guy in that running back room, Javante Williams is coming off a torn ACL. We don't know what he's going to look like post ACL injury. Samaje P. Ryan is a great pass protector on third downs, but he's not your bell cow back. You go get Dalvin Cook. I don't think I, – I agree with Jared. I think there's a gray area where I don't think he's washed, but it's very clear injuries have kind of sapped him of what he was. I think on his best day, he's probably a top 12, 15 back in the league. But you get him with the Broncos, who are very clearly wanting to run the ball and take the ball out of their quarterback's hands – and you get him with a guy like Javante Williams who can – it'll allow you to slow play the recovery of Javante Williams a lot more by having Dalvin Cook in the fold. And then when he gets back, you can just platoon it. I think that's a very easy option. I think in Miami he's going to be fighting for carries with a lot of guys. They retain yeah. Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. They drafted Devin A. Chain. Those are three mouths to feed, and there's one football. I'm, I don't know if Dalvin Cook – 
isn't necessarily going to get the amount of carries that he wants in Miami. So I think Denver is ultimately the best option for him. I think that's where he should be going. And to piggyback off that, uh, what JP just said, I mean, they just brought in a guy, Mike McGlinchey, who coming from San Francisco was very, is very, you know, accustomed to run blocking in a Kyle Shanahan system where he loved to run the ball. So uh, I think that the way that they're, they've built their offensive line as well is another, uh, a good, you know, check on the list of, okay, yeah, it makes sense for Dalvin to go here. Sean Payton saw the let Russ cook offense and it's like, yeah, mm. we're never doing that again. Yeah. Ever. You, I you just don't – are you certain that they're going to have a good run game next year? Or they're going to have the offensive line and the scheme to actually have one? Because if I'm Dalvin Cook, like this is a huge – you need to pick it right. So I understand like the mouse defeat issue in Miami, but it's like if injuries happen or you become the lead back, guess who always does well in the Mike McDaniel offense? Whatever running back gets a lot of carries. So it's like do you take that kind of gamble and bet on yourself to get the majority of the carries in that kind of crowded room? I would take the scheme at this point in my career over the opportunity. But we've also seen what Sean Payton has done with running backs. I mean, yeah. Alex Mara, Mark Ingram, those are those are the, those are a great pairing of running backs that mm. you could say like Javante Williams and uh, Dalvin Cook if he goes there could be similar. I'm not saying they're exactly one to one, but Sean Payton will probably use them like Kamara and Mark Ingram. Mm. So I really think scheme wise, Sean Payton is still a very good like schemer of football i think he he is very much a nose ball guy so you get him in doubt you get him dalvin cook he's gonna get the ball a lot and yeah you can even go back further with sean payton like reggie bush pierre thomas um deuce McAllister, reggie bush like there's he's had a long litany of okay running backs coming in gonna have to maybe figure out these touches but he he seemed to figure it out pretty well that's fair. I'm the Broncos are just a huge unknown. We'll get to them uh, in our offseason previews here. I just I I'm not ready to make a definitive declaration on the Denver Broncos right now. I, I'm I'm still not quite there. But I think uh, do we know what their over under win total is right now? Just at the top of the head. I thought it was eight and a half. That, that's if their over under win total is the same as the Steelers. I'm going to. <laughs> All right, their over under sits at eight and a half. Ooh. I'm angry what <laughs> the hell that is stupid so Are you think it should be higher or lower than the steelers i'm saying it should be lower here's oh, the thing wow. i kind of understand jay joseph so, patrick acosta i've had enough of you today already. <laughs> hear me out look you bring in sean payton he's worked this is the very easiest cop-out thing he's worked with short quarterbacks before oh jesus of course <laughs> russell wilson is not drew Brees. But if there's anybody who can tell Russell Wilson to shut up and let uh, Sean Payton cook, it's Sean Payton. Like, it, Drew Brees could probably be in there, like, in Russ's ear, like, saying, hey, you you got to go along with what he says. I don't think they're the same type of quarterback at all, but it's worth it's worth seeing if, it, if it'll work, you know. And I still think that defense is going to be very good. Like, that defense still has a lot of talented pieces in the secondary. I think Baron Browning is an ascending player. Randy Gregory should be fully back from injury. The defense is still good. It's it's really just – if number three plays well, then who knows? But that's why I think that over-under actually makes sense because mm. worst-case scenario, that quarterback is just not good anymore and, it, and the bottom falls out. But yeah. – if the quarterback is just fine, 
Who knows? I mean, you have I, Jared Garantano. I hear you. I hear you with like the talented pieces on defense. But what I will push back with is that like behind Justin Simmons, like if some something were to happen to him, it's like PJ Locke, Devon Key, Caden Stearns. If something happens to Pat Sertain, it's Riley Moss. But perhaps like it, they're 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 very top heavy on that side of the ball. I am going to probably say something that sounds blasphemous. Caden Stearns played really well last year. In a in a limited role, Caden I'm, I'm not, I didn't mean to make that a jab Caden at Caden Stearns. I'm saying, you know, if you lose Justin Simmons, the talent drop off uh, of what you have behind him is going to be it's going to be large. I think the bigger drop off will be um, going from Idro Evero to Vance Joseph. I think that is the bigger question mm. because they run two completely different styles of defenses. I think it puts a little bit more pressure on the corners, but you have Patrick Sertan who is at worst, the third best corner in the league. Yeah. And at best, he's the best corner in the league. So, it, like I said, if things pan out for this Broncos team, they could hit the over on eight and a half because that defense is talented. And the offense, like, we forget, like, Corlin Sutton's pretty good at football. Um, Tim Patrick will be coming back from injury. Tim Patrick's a very good slot power slot receiver. Jerry Judy, everybody seems to think this is the Jerry Judy breakout year. I'm still very hesitant, but he's a good receiver. And if Russ just goes along with the uh if he just lets it turn to an easy bake oven, you, you don't <laughs> got you don't gotta try and cook up a five-star meal. Just TV dinners are great if you're Russ. Just, Go ahead and be it. put the TV dinner in the microwave. I'm looking at their schedule right now. So they'll they'll start the year with their first of two matchups against Vegas. I think that that could be a toss-up. I'm leaning Denver just because they have the better head coach and just the better foundation. Then then they host Washington. So back-to-back home games to start the year. Washington is another wild-card team that we just don't know. It depends on their quarterback. Then at Miami, at Chicago, home for the Jets, at Kansas City, home for Green Bay, home for Kansas City. Like, that's a pretty favorable first half of the year, I would say. I mean, they can win those first two games. They should win those first two games. And you knock, you you don't have to worry about Kansas City after week eight. Like, you can just knock them out early in the year. And then after, now after they're by week nine, it's at Buffalo versus Minnesota. Like, they have a bunch of, like, two-game home stints that, like, might not seem like much. But, like, if you're coming off a trip to Kansas City, and the, yeah, you got to play them again, but you get two games at home. Like that's nice. You get a break after going to Buffalo. Get two games at home against the Vikings and Browns, both winnable games. And then they have a three-game road trip: Houston Chargers, Lions. I think that's probably going to be the most difficult part of their schedule, just because of travel. And the Chargers and Lions are both going to be good. So, I mean, I don't know, man. It is the Chargers. We say yeah, the Chargers are going to be good. I think the Chargers will be what the Chargers usually are. Like Justin Herbert's going to be a pain in the ass, and they'll be at least in the wild card mix. But yeah, I'm say, I'm just saying, like we can we do not know what the Chargers are going to be. We will never know what the Chargers are going to be before the season. Look at this man; he just rewatched Jaguars Chargers over the week. That's what happened here. He just rewatched and was like, "What are we doing with the Chargers? I don't want to talk about them." I was there. Well, you were in the building well, for it. I it's, was in the it's ingrained in your mind forever. The Chargers do what the Chargers do, which is they will always be very hyped up going into the season for good reason. They have a yeah. very talented roster. and They have a top five quarterback, so they're just going to be hyped every year Yeah, for a while. 
everything falls apart with this yeah. Chargers team every year. So even saying like before the season, like, oh, the Chargers game is probably a loss. We don't know that yet. That, that is that is the most 50-50 team in the league because we legitimately just never know. What the Who do you think it matters more, though? Of... The Chargers or the Broncos to get home field advantage um, in the AFC AFC West like who would it matter more for if they actually had the better season than the Chiefs in the regular season and had the number one overall seed who would you believe in more Denver yeah I mean you got the elevation you got fans who actually care like no offense to the Chargers but nobody in Los Angeles is there for the Chargers like if they're still in San Diego it would be a conversation but no the Chargers and the Rams are like the fifth and sixth most important sports teams in Los Angeles what it is yes I'd say Denver but I think from a coaching and schematic standpoint, L.A. possibly, and I mean, like I said, we don't know what L.A. is going to be. L.A. getting that one seed would be huge just to get that bye week. Hmm. So we don't, uh, so they can get a little bit of a break to yeah. let everybody like get healthy. That's the, that's always the problem with the Chargers. They're never yeah. healthy at yeah. the time. Like even last year, Joey Bosa missed a large portion of the season. J.C. Jackson, I think he like. Did he break his ankle? Yeah, the ankle stuff. Yeah. yeah, he broke his ankle. He was out for the rest of the season. Justin Herbert was playing with like a punctured lung at one point in this season. And then Keenan Allen was on and off of injury. Mike Williams was on and off of injury. They, and then in the last week of the season, in a meaningless game, Brandon Staley plays him and he gets hurt. They they need – I forgot every, about they that. They desperately need the bye week. Like, yeah. If, if it comes to the playoffs, like it's really far out to be talking about this, but if it, if it comes down to it, the Chargers absolutely need the, the bye week every year just so they can be like, hey, we don't have to worry about anybody getting hurt. Yeah. The Chargers just, are the epitome of like, we can beat anybody, but we can lose to anybody. Yes. Too. No game is ever over with the Chargers. As someone who lived through, and I might write a whole book on Falcons oh, yeah. Chargers from last year, like, I don't think you guys understand like the uh, highs and lows. I watched that in public because. Look here in Knoxville. I don't have the privilege of. I don't. I don't do the direct TV. I. I, I won't do it for uh, Sunday Buff ticket. Stream, I, tell me. Look, part of the experience <laughs> is me going in public with my vintage work done Falcons jersey from 2003 and just embracing the pain of what it means to be a, a Falcon fan year mm-hmm. over year. And I go out in public and I. I'm. I. I remember. I even told my wife that Sunday afternoon where I was like this is going to be hell. Like, I hate that we have the chargers on our schedule because this is, I know how this game is going to go. These two fan bases are, these two teams are cursed in very similar ways. They're kind of each other in different conferences and there's going to be something weird. I remember there just being something weird. And I am just like, as the game's going on and I'm like, of course this is going to happen with take on take one Graham. Of course he's going to fumble after making one of the biggest plays of his life. And he's going to give this game away. Of course the Falcons are going to lose to the chargers where Josh Palmer is like their only, or not even Josh Palmer. He was out in this game. It was Carter. Um, I don't even remember his first name. What was DeAndre. his first name? Yeah. He was their number one option. And all he's doing is five yard uh, over the middle slants. That's all he's doing over and over again. Herbert's getting killed. He has he's nothing open. Deep. It was horrible like it was one of the worst football games i've watched all year long and the falcons had no business losing that game and they lose the game in like one of the more pains like it's just etched in my mind i can't escape it i can't escape chargers falcons from last year it was the worst worst experience hate the chargers the chargers if they were bad yeah (laughs) that's the falcons are like the chargers worst case scenario that they are the chaotic evil 
And well, the 2022 on. Vikings are the Chargers' best case scenario. Yeah, the 2022 Ooh. Vikings are chaotic good. The Chargers are chaotic neutral, and the Falcons are chaotic evil. Like, we don't know what's going to happen in this game, but with the Chargers, it's a true 50-50. I'm like, also grateful, and the one the only thing I'm grateful about 28 to 3 is that I was living downtown at the time. And when I tell y'all, like it was just like the last of us had happened. Where you're walking around downtown that following morning, it's gray. And muddy. If you listen to the calls, like the sports radio calls, it's an all-time day. They did sports radio didn't do a show. Like they just let people call in throughout the day and just <laughs> vent and like cry. Uh, like it was one of the most surreal days I've ever experienced. Like it was one of those things where you just walk around. No one. It was. It should be like a holiday. And it really should be like a Atlanta only holiday where everyone who lived through that gets to take that day off in just remembrance of what happened oh, that previous night because i will never forget walking around like i'll never it was one of the eeriest days i've ever experienced imagine being on the wrong side of the historic comeback that's crazy go jags brother i can't stand this anyway <laughs> speaking of the jags jp um is fred taylor a hall of famer 100 don't Ooh, make the case out when you look at the numbers for Fred Taylor, I'm going to pull them up. Like, Fred Taylor's career numbers are insane. I think um, when you look at, of course, like, there's going to be, like, oh, he played in Jacksonville. Like, no, he was legitimately one of the best running backs in the league mm-hmm. throughout his time, like, in Jacksonville. So, for his career, 11,695 rushing yards. 66 rushing touchdowns. He also added on 95 receiving touchdowns. Mm. That's insane. Like, that's insane numbers. When you talk to everybody from that era, you talk to the Ravens from that era, and you talk to the guys who they talk, talk about the players who they just had a terrible game against or a terrible time against, they'll say Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith. Both of those guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I will continue to stand on that table until I die. Those are like those are the two players I will bang the table for like until the end of my days. Both those How guys. How did he only make one Pro Bowl? Who was he competing against? Who who was he getting miss, who was he missing out over? Like who kept getting in over Fred Taylor as a Pro Bowler? I don't know who would have been that. Like Curtis Martin, Martin? like Marshall Falk, Curtis Martin, Jerome Bettis. Nah, between like oh 2000 and 2003 Jerome Bettis maybe um mm. and like Willie Parker LT. Willie Parker Frank Gore I'm just naming other running yeah. backs from the 2000s that come to my mind LT got LT, LT. Steven Jackson yeah Maurice Jones Drew Maurice Jones Drew was on the team <laughs> yeah that's what I'm saying like once like 2007 2008 rolled around that was that became the dude did y'all watch the how old were y'all when the David uh, Gerard uh, in Pittsburgh game happened? I was in third grade. What was that? 2007? 2007. That game broke my heart. Oh, Mike Tomlin's brother. first year, first year oh. of, as head coach, Mike Tomlin. And uh, yeah, the Steelers almost completed the comeback. 31 29, I think was the final score of that game. And Ben threw an interception Man. to Reggie was it Nelson. Reggie Nelson. Yeah, Reggie Nelson. Yeah. That's, so, my again. That's my guy. Uh, I was seven years old at the time, so maybe like second first grade. 
first, second grade. Wow. Yeah. Um, look, we won't man, talk about how old I was when this happened. We'll just we'll skip right over that one. David that was a painful loss. That was when I. It, you know what's weird though? It stuck in my head. Like I could tell you all about that game. Like I watched. I remember sitting in my living room watching that whole game from start to finish and being really. It just I remember like I think annoying my family where I'm like I don't know the Jags like they're a Florida team like going up to Pittsburgh in the cold I I don't know how this is gonna go. One of my favorite moments as a Jags fan, mm-hmm. is the 2017 team going in and putting 40. The Jags have been such a like thorn in my side like, every ten years. They just throw me off. Five touchdowns against the Steelers in the playoffs, out dueling Big Ben was just. Okay. Okay, first of all, <laughs> no, he didn't. Miles Jack returned a fumble for a touchdown to make it 14-0 early on. Ben, ben Roethlisberger outdoed Ben Roethlisberger in that game. Moment. It was a beautiful moment. They allowed a fullback touchdown, and the fullback just literally ran right up the seam, and Blake Bortles threw it to him. He was wide-ass open. It was I, so you know, that The day after that game, I was team fire Mike Tomlin because he decided to do an onside kick north of the two-minute warning, and the Steelers had all three timeouts. Had they not done that, that touchdown doesn't happen, and they might win that game. And he was uh, horrible well, clock management. Well, glad it did it. <laughs> Look, man, that is that. And they fired Todd Haley instead. That and the regular season game where they picked off Big Ben five times and he started con- contemplating retirement. Dude. That was just bliss to me. It was Ben's worst game of his career that year. It was it was so funny. I laughed my ass off watching so, Big Ben get decimated by Telvin Smith. The, the first time that uh, the Jaguars broke my heart, it was uh, the year that the Steelers won Super Bowl forty. so it would have been 2005. Ben was injured in the Chargers game like the week before. So Tommy Maddox is starting. The game goes to overtime. Antoine Randall returns the overtime kick to like the 10-yard line. Maddox fumbles the snap. He falls on it. He fumbles the next snap, and the Jaguars get the ball, and they go and win. <laughs> Fumbling two snaps in a row is horrendous. That's Tommy Maddox's career feel, in a nutshell. That feels so bad. I, that might be like one of the worst things like to ever do, like not just fumbling a snap, but fumbling it twice. Like it, re- it very much reminds me of that uh, long snapper last year during college football. I think it was like division three. He, uh, he oversnapped, like he oversnapped like four straight times. Mm, and it resulted in points for the other team every time. <laughs> like dog, you got one job. Like literally you are the long snapper. You have one job and you failed at it colossally four times. Was do you remember the Mississippi State Louisiana Tech game where it kept going backwards? Was that a long? <laughs> did it go over? It went over his head, the quarterback's head, right? Didn't it go over? Yeah, and it just kept going, and it just kept going backwards, and ended up being. A, I think it touched. Like, what was it? No, it ended up being like third and eighty or something because like, it kept like, going back. Yeah, that's crazy, um, man. Um, well, what do you think ultimately happens? Do you think Fred Taylor is a? Do you think he eventually gets injured? Um, he might like. We've seen like the Hall's gotten like a little bit more lenient with whom they let in in recent years. Like I think Terrell Davis is a Hall of Fame talent, and I think that's kind of how he got in because if you look at numbers, like overall career numbers, he probably doesn't get there. But he had a two thousand yard season. His mm-hmm. accolades and that brief and his brief career spoke for themselves. Um, like Kurt Warner getting in, I don't. I wouldn't have put Kurt Warner in if I'm being perfectly honest. Mm. Um, like I think Frank Gore will get in. I wouldn't put Frank Gore in. Like I, I would think not these, put Frank. I think Gore these in. are. I think Fred Taylor is in the Hall of Really Good. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame. I think if you're putting in Frank Gore, you got to put in Fred Taylor before. I, I don't think that. there's any universe I th- where. Yeah. 
I can I can get on board with that. Like I don't think either of them should be in, but if you put in one, you should put in the other. Mm. The way the way I'll put it is this: Fred Taylor is seventeenth on the all time uh, rushing list. Mm. Everybody above him, outside of Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore, is a Hall of Famer. Hmm. And Adrian Peterson will absolutely be a Hall of Famer. Adrian Peterson is going to be a Hall of Famer. First ballot. Fred Taylor Ooh. should be a Hall of Famer. The thing with me about Frank Gore is like everybody will point out that he's like fourth all time in rushing. Like he played forever. Like if you play no, long enough, you're going to pass reason, some people. That's the reason why he should get yes. it. Running backs don't play a long time, man. Yeah. That's great and all, man. Frank, but like Frank Gore played like 20 seasons. Like I have a take on this. That longevity okay. should be respected. It's like what's, what's uh, the, what's it's the like take? AC Green. Oh, in yeah. the NBA, like consecutive games leader, all time leader in games played. Frank Gore's gonna. Frank Gore's gonna. I have a it. bias because I was always annoyed about the people who got the perfect attendance in school. Like I never, and I, I, I thought that should be a frowned upon. I think that should have been a suspension for the following year because that means you came to school sick and you got other people sick. You got me sick at some point in the year. I don't think we should celebrate perfect attendance. That is a bad thing and I'm firmly against it. So you showing up to work for years and years and years doing an okay job doesn't get you in the Hall of Fame. Can't do it. I have a bias there. I, I am fully aware. You know who I would probably put in before Fred Taylor and uh, and uh, Frank Gore? I think Jamal Charles. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of on board that he should be a Hall of Famer, though. Right? I feel like he gets no love at all. He is just a complete forgotten anomaly. But peak like Jamal he, Charles? He's kind of a people's Hall of Famer. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Like, he, he might not get in first ballot, but he's going to be in the people's Hall of Fame. Him and LaShawn McCoy will be in the people's Hall of Fame. Yeah. But I feel he, like- I tell you what, I would put it, I'd probably put in, nah, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say I would put in LaShawn McCoy before Frank Gore, but that might be a little bit of a stretch. I will say this. Um, it's it's way too early to do this for current players, but as of today, Derrick Henry is 22nd on the all-time rushing touchdowns list, and he's 42nd in all-time yards. If he plays for at least three more seasons, he's probably going to catch 10,000 yards in his career. I don't think he's going to make it that much longer. Do I, you? I think he is. That. I I want him to just so he can catch ten thousand yards, just to be like, yeah, man, this guy's. I don't think he's gonna get in first ballot, but hmm. he's probably gonna end up being a Hall of Famer because, again, I guess story wise, like that was Derrick Henry's really like one of the last like of the of the older like style of running backs that we're probably ever Derrick Henry's the last of the Mohicans when it comes to just running the ball like a just being a I don't know we say that but like it just depends on like what guys because I mean I don't know if you're how much you're still into like college guys and when they come into um college systems Jared but like Tennessee has a couple of guys like this uh there's an NFL London player who is in this class Emmanuel Okoye and he's just athlete Christian no that was, that was going to be what I asked because I was going to say, hey, how did that, how did that slip under my nose? <laughs> well, the thing is, he's built like just a power forward in the NBA. Like he's he's huge. He could be a defensive end. He could be a nose tackle. I think what can happen now is it's it might just depend on how 
the coach you go to in college uses you where what position do you want to play because a lot of guys are coming in they're just like i'm from img academy i can be a tight end i can be a defensive end i can be a slot receiver like if a Derek linebacker comes in he's like I want to be Derrick Henry. And they're like, I really would prefer you being our middle <laughs> linebacker. And he's like, no, nah, I want to be Derrick Henry. You're like, all right. With the way that football is going, and I wrote about it mm. a few weeks back, with the way football is going, we're going to see a lot more. Like, I think teams are going to start running the ball a little bit more because that's just mm. the nature of football. But it won't be a bell cow back carrying the ball 40 times a game like Derrick Henry. It'll be committees. It'll be yeah. them, them splitting carries. Like, instead of one player getting 40 carries, it'll be – three players getting like 15. Mm. But Derek, like I said, Derek Henry's like the last of a dying breed. But you like, couldn't see like a, a Nick Saban or a Kirby Smart picking out like somebody who came in as a linebacker and he's like, no, you're actually going to be running the ball. Not now. Hmm. Maybe Kirby, but I think Nick Saban has very much leaned into the pace and space spread offense. He just hired Tommy Reese though. He's going backwards. He's going the other way. Tommy Reese is kind of it's kind of spread, but also kind of like it's big spread because mm. he has two tight ends on the field. Yeah, but it's still got big spread, spread is awesome. I haven't heard it referred to as big spread. Big spread was my nickname in college. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Best comedic time in the business, ladies and gentlemen. Jared Bailey. Ladies and gentlemen, you never know what you're going to get on these Monday Night Super Friends. This is great. Um, last thing before we talk about uh, this series that we're going to start uh, tonight with, can they win the Super Bowl uh, on the AFC South? Jarrett, Kirk Cousins bidding war in 2024. Mike Floria, PFT. Niners, and I love that Evan's not here to just lose his mind for this tonight. Um, the Niners and the Rams. The Rams I didn't have on there. But when I thought about it, I'm like, this makes sense. The Rams don't have the picks. They are still in win-now mode. Yeah. They Stafford might just retire. And Sean McVay's like, I'm not doing a whole rebuilding project. I'm No, you're going to bring in someone else who I might be able to win a title with right away. I hadn't considered the Rams. They have not been on my Kirk Cousins radar next year. I cannot wait to see what the Rams and Niners do to fight over Kirk Cousins in 2024. What a delight. And it's crazy, too, because like the 49ers were in on Matthew Stafford and the Rams just gave more yeah. to get him. So I, I could see a situation where if Kyle really wants Kirk Cousins and we everybody and their mother knows that Kyle is going to want Kirk Cousins. Like, it's just except it's just Evan. Thing. Evan's still in denial. He is not. No, gotten to no. the point. I, I think it's very much a thing that I think it's all but guaranteed that if the 49ers kind of have a rinse and repeat of what it's been, where they get to like the NFC championship game and they fall short because of quarterback play, Kyle's going to just march up to John Lynch and bang the table and be like get me Kirk cousins um but how funny you might already have him in sam Darnold, by the way folks we that would is- have to, i i like the rams idea though because Kirk cousins is basically just matthew stafford light and if if sean mcveigh in this world if he wins super bowls with matthew stafford and Kirk cousins he should get a bust the very next day that would go if he hilarious. wins with both he's in the conversation so I think Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins, I don't think they're very similar in terms of play style, but I kind of see where you're going. Uh, That would be the stinkiest bidding war of all time. (laughs) Let me get that out the way first. I notoriously like more than JP does. Let me be be perfectly clear. Kirk Cousins played well last year. He showed a lot of growth in in places that I didn't think he would. 
Mike, he's a real tough son of a gun. He will stand in there and get hit. Like there, there were games like the Jets game where like Quincy Williams tried to decapitate him and he just stood in there and threw the ball. That's toughness. That's you didn't see that a lot from Kirk Cousins. But you're bidding over Kirk Cousins in 2024. <laughs> he's gonna be 36. And you have to pay him a whole bunch of money. Like, don't don't do hey, Matthew that. Stafford was old too, JT. That's Matthew fine. Stafford, it's different with Matthew Stafford. Let, let me let me point this out to you though. Most passing touchdowns since 2017. Tom Brady 193, Patrick Mahomes 192, Russell Wilson 181, Kirk Cousins 180. Congrats. Mm. That is great. I just don't think Kirk Cousins is like at his best. What what is Kirk Cousins at his best? Is he a quarterback that you can win the Super Bowl because of? I don't think because of. I think you can win with him. See, I think the Rams partially won the Super Bowl because of Matthew Stafford. I agree. Because of the way he played. Because of the way that he threw the ball through that playoff run. We haven't seen Kirk Cousins do that. So I think there there is a difference. I don't think Kirk Cousins, like, if he goes to the Niners, sure. That is what everybody is saying. I still think, like, we haven't even given Trey Lance a chance to actually, like, play more than four games like we we have to give him at least a shot before we are up and done with Tell him. that to the 49ers <laughs> like look, look it doesn't seem like that's gonna happen my my thing is if it's really an open competition trey lance should win the job because trey lance is the more talented quarterback but I do you think that's what's gonna happen here if it's not an open competition then i believe that yeah there's some more questions to be asked but if he if it's open competition and Trey Lance loses, fine. That's that's fine. But if you're gonna say it's open competition, Trey Lance should win because he's the better quarterback. And I think people are kind of writing Trey Lance off a little early because he lost to the Bears in the freaking monsoon. Like, no, if you go back and watch that game, there are puddles on the field the, the 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 sideline like actually like has like uh it's not painted straight uh on one no side it's crazy any judgment on a quarterback after that kind of game and then the next game he broke his ankle like we we have to give him a little bit more time to actually show us what he can do like we're, we're so quick to write him off like i'm not saying like he's got haters like that's a very cliche thing but he should win if it's an open competition. If not, then whatever, whatever. If he loses, then yeah, that's fine. But Kirk Cousins, like in 2024, he's going to be like 37 years old. What, think, what are we expecting out of 37-year-old Kirk Cousins at that? I think that also comes back to just like over the last decade or so, people have gotten so impatient with the development. Like you couldn't have an Alex Smith type development today. It, people are just wait. It would not happen. Zero percent mm. chance it would happen. So I think that when you have generational prospects come in like Mahomes, like Lawrence did in year two, and just show like, yep, we were worth the hype. If you have a guy that you draft and he isn't that in the first two years, by year three, you better show something or you're out. But I mean, even with that, we can't say like he hasn't shown us anything. I'd say it's more inconclusive because like. He broke an ankle in like the second week as a starter. Like we we cannot say like oh this guy's bad. Like he's only played like what he's probably played less snaps combined of like organized football 
since taking over the starter in North Dakota State than like most guys have played like throughout their entire college careers. And if you combine Trey Lance's time in North Dakota State and his limited number of snaps in the NFL, Grayson McCall has probably started more games. He spent like five years at Coastal Carolina. But I think that's the thing. You just got to give him time. He's He hasn't really been given enough time by most people because he was a third overall pick. And you can say what you want about whether they should have taken him over fields, but Trey Lance is still a very talented quarterback. I think if, like I said, if it's an open competition, I think Trey Lance should win. If Brock Purdy ends up getting a job, then like, okay, then yeah, you can start moving on. But it's very early to... I mean, I think it's kind of funny. Have you gone back and looked to see like what Brock Purdy's numbers were last year and where they actually ranked in terms of just every quarterback throughout the year? He was a top five quarterback in the games that he played. Like every stat you're going through, Brock Purdy was playing at a just F you. I'm going to like it was full on. That's one of the three of us out there behind that offensive line with those weapons. I think, I think it's different. could have done OK. I don't Brock think Purdy so. was in NPC being controlled by the main character. It's uh, a good call. Shanahan. And I but you're not giving him credit for even the stuff that he was doing outside of structure and moving around, Purdy. doing stuff. There are moments when Brock Purdy, like like I said before, he goes in the free bird mode. Yeah. That'll, that sometimes helps. Sometimes it just does not. Like, you're not that guy. Like, he just yeah. doesn't have that athleticism. But schematically, it's the exact same offense with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. They did the exact same stuff. You just had Christian McCaffrey now, and that makes it a whole lot better, which is why I think we have not seen the Kyle Shanahan offense with Trey Lance and Christian McCaffrey. Like, we haven't gotten a chance to see that and make the judgment for ourselves. We've seen what the 49er offense looks like with Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. Like, it's very easy to throw in a NPC at quarterback when you have the Monstars around you. Try and get, try and let an actual quarterback take the reins for a little bit. Like you don't, have, you don't always have to try and NPC control this quarterback, Kyle. Like you, you know, make life easier on yourself. And this isn't. I'm not so far to say that like, okay, Brock Purdy is purely just if you if you went anywhere else, he would be god awful. But like, if he's in Houston last year, is he no? Like, I think that he's much closer to being just like a guy who had a really nice select few games. I think he's a lot closer to Nick Foles than, you know, an actual top 10 quarterback. Like what Nick Foles was in Philadelphia when they won the Super Bowl, what Brock Osweiler was in Denver, something like that. I I don't think that he's like this second coming for the 49ers. The pros for Brock Purdy is now, you know, if a quarterback gets hurt, you have a guy that can still run that offense. You don't have to change a lot of stuff. You don't have to change. Well, that's why you bring in Sam Darnold. I do not want to hear a single thing about Sam Darnold ever again. Like you don't, don't, you know, he's starting a playoff game for the Niners next year. You know, it's happening. You know, Sam Darnold's starting a playoff game for the Niners. He's he's probably going to end up like, but all the quarterbacks going to get hurt. He's going to end up throwing for like 400 yards against the Cardinals. And everybody's like, Oh, Sam Darnold Renaissance. Like, eh, let's, let's slow down, buddy. But I, I will not be gaslit into thinking <laughs> that Sam Darnold is going to be the opening week starter for the 49ers. You uh, hey, I'll, I'll keep begging that hammer. I don't care. 
you cannot run that play action on me. I know your game. <laughs> I love it. Um, AFC South, can they win the Super Bowl series? We're going to do this with each division over the course of the rest of the summer as we get ready for the regular season, which is going to be here for you. know what? We're like 68 days from college football turning NFL right around the corner. We're at, what, 70-something? I can't right. wait to bet on Big 12 games that I have no knowledge of. Yeah, I mean, hey, you're gonna have four new teams to bet on uh, this fall, Garrett. All right, Jerry, what were your, what are the, who are the four new Big Twelve teams this year? There's four new ones. There There's are four new ones. Can you get one of the four? One of them is like 20 minutes away from me. That's that's a big hint. Oh, um, UCF. There you go. Okay. Um. Oh wait, I feel like it's just a few of the um American Conference teams. Okay. Oh, you're getting warmer. Okay. Is um is Tulsa one? No. Tulsa's uh, bad. Well, all right, so not Tulsa. They lost um, everybody to Auburn. Um, okay, you said Tulsa. Go one state over, or one state below. One state yes. below. Okay. Um, UTEP? No. Close. No. Wrong side of the state, but in the right no. state. UTSA, although that would be very fun. They play Tennessee. I, I would love to see the Roadrunners in the Big 12. That would make me very happy. Okay, so it's in Texas then, right? It is in Texas. Yes, it's in Texas. Um, Baylor's already in the Big 12. Also an NFL team in this city. It's a big hat. NFL team. Okay, well, Dallas is in Arlington. What's the, what's the college team in Arlington? It's not Texas. They're going to the SEC. Mm-hmm. A&M was already, is in the SEC. Did A&M go back to the Big 12? They're not. No, in, no they're not in Arlington. <laughs> Who the hell? Baylor's already in the Big 12. There's another Texas team that I'm – Texas Tech was already in the Big 12. He's going everywhere so but this going one everywhere spot. everywhere away from the hint that I gave yeah, you. There's an NFL it. team in this city. We're literally about to if talk about this Cowboys, division right now. If it's not the Cowboys. It's not Tennessee Titans. Oh, Houston. All right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I thought they were already in the Big 12. No, they were no. not. No. Uh, the next one also has an NFL team in the city. Mm-hmm. Okay, I assume it's in the south. Up north. Nope. Oh, it's up north. I hate conference realignments. It's it's, so it's very weird. It's closer to you. Closer to me. They were just in the playoff. Uh, really? My quarterback. Cincinnati. There yes. you go. They're in the Big Twelve now. They, they are, are in the Big Twelve. One That's more. So dumb. All One right. more. This uh, is a religion school. Okay. It's a big religion school. Think polygamy. Think what? Think polygamy. Oh, BYU. There you go. Okay. No coffee. Um, I cannot be a Mormon, man. (laughs) I I drink two cups of coffee a day. Like, I could do just about everything else. Like, multiple wives, neat. Cool. No coffee or chocolate. Yeah, you can go fuck yourself. Never mind. You can leave me alone. (laughs) Jared Bailey tonight, folks. Jared Bailey. Anti- this, is, this is Jared Bailey after dark. This is Jared. Anti-Mormon guy. Jared no, 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 I cool if you are Mormon. <laughs> I just know I could not be. You know, I just. That's By the way, I don't know if uh, uh, Mike Tanier coined the nickname the Mormon Milf Hunter for Zach Wilson, and I think that that is just. I love Mike Tanier so much. Yeah, I will say I do wear the. Uh, 
people ask about like when I run and stuff. Like I wear still the Jordan Ninja headband. Oh, I'll do that forever. Like I, it's my favorite thing. Tying it up, it gets me in the zone. I don't care. I'm getting my sweat in. Zach Wilson made it cool. Uh, I'm in. Like it was already. It was like the combination of Zach Wilson and then Drew Holiday in the bubble, where it was just. <laughs> I forgot about that. The NBA banning those was a they huge mistake. Too, they they were so cool. All-time bad moment. The NBA headbands where you had to tie them. Yes. They're great. They're yeah, cool. You can do so much with that. Now, especially because the NBA is starting to pair with more animes now. Mm. You can turn that into like a Naruto headband. Make that Sell that. You put the dual Jordan logo on the side. You know how many people would buy that? I would buy that. I would when I was uh, in college, we played in an intramural flag league, and the quarterback of my flag team my first year wore one of those, and he was so bad, which made it so much funnier that he wore one of those. Mm. Which naturally leads us to the AFC South and whether or not uh, JP's team can win the Super Bowl this year. Um, JP, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the best reason that the Jags can come out of the brutal AFC and win the Super Bowl this year, best reason against it, and if not this year, do you think they're within reach in the next year or two? All right, so the first question, the reason why they'll be able to do it is because they have the quarterback and the coach. Like, the Doug Peterson-Trevor Lawrence pairing was great during the back end, or not even the back end, throughout the entire 2022 season. Now with another year of understanding the offense and another year of development in the NFL, Trevor Lawrence could possibly just hit another level. Like there are still moments when you watch the tape, you're like, oh, there's, you could probably make that next year. You probably shouldn't do that. But there were moments last year where he's like, you remember, oh yeah, I'm Trevor Lawrence. I'm really good at football. Mm -hmm. The entire Ravens two minute drive. He remembered, I'm Trevor Lawrence. I'm good at football. The second half of the Chargers game, he remembered he's really good at this. So if they win the Super Bowl, it's because they have the quarterback and they have the coach. Adding Calvin Ridley will give them a lot more juice and it'll make them a lot more lethal in where I think they're going to be. They're going to go for more of a, instead of being like this feast or famine offense, they're going to be extremely efficient. They're going to try and be brutally efficient. They're going to kill you with six and seven yard completions. And then as soon as you get... As soon as you go to sleep, Trevor Lawrence is going to throw like a 50-yard touchdown. And you're like, oh, yeah, he can still do that. Because I think one of the things that people forget, like when you watch the Jaguars offense, is Trevor Lawrence is so good in the intermediate middle parts of the field. He's like a buzzsaw with his timing, the anticipation, the arm strength to put it wherever he wants it to be. So if they win the Super Bowl, it'll be because they have the coaching quarterback. If they don't, it's because they're still a very young team. This is still mm. like their core players are still relatively young. Like the oldest guy on that defense, like that was drafted by the Jaguars, is probably Josh Allen. Mm. And he's the vet now. So the defense is still young. There are a lot of questions. I think the way that they handled it in free agency and in through through the NFL draft is they're banking on the development and the development of Trevon Walker, development of Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma, um, the further development of Tyson Campbell, who could potentially have a huge breakout year. Like he got one all-pro vote last year. He's probably going to get a lot more this year. He was really, He's really freaking good. Mm. He's awesome. 
So I think that'll be the reason why they don't. But as far as if not now, when it's however long you have Trevor Lawrence in the Jaguars jersey, that's the window is open as long as he's there. So they're probably going to sign him to an extension that will rival. Uh, they're going to he, they're going to he gets so much fake money. <laughs> it's just going to be so wacky. He, he's probably going to get like 12 percent of them, like 20 percent of Disney. Um, he gets to rename Ponte Vedra Beach just he's Trevor get, Lawrence Ave. They're going to make him mayor. They're going to give him a key to the city. <laughs> mm. They're going to name a street after him. Tony so, Khan's going to name him the general manager of AEW Dynamite. Exactly. Like, So as the window is open as long as you have the quarterback. So that's really like, if not now, when it's until Trevor Lawrence just decides, like either he decides he doesn't want to be a Jaguar or he retires a Jaguar. That's how long the window is open. I like it. Jarrett, the yeah. Texans. <laughs> Thanks. The Houston Texans. I, I was so ready to just, you know, talk about how great the Jaguars are going to be. All right. All right. So the Houston Texans. No, they're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. No. But if they were to in the next two to three years, why do they do it? Well, because C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson are both really good, and they mm. live up to being drafted second and third overall, respectively. Um, Tank Dell ends up being a really good go-to guy for Stroud. The offensive line is already pretty good in shape. Like, they have a top three tackle in the league. Two tackles, like, Titus Howard played really well last year. Yeah, like, they've got the guys up front where they don't need to do a lot of work to keep Stroud upright. Um, you know, They've got a decent core of running backs. I'll have to pull up their roster right now. I'm not going to pretend to know all of them off the top of my their, head. Their DB group is very fun. They're, yeah, I mean, Derek Stingley kind of gets forgotten about because of Sauce Gardner, but and Stingley's was, very good. He was very uh, uh, injured last season. But yeah, that as well. So Ryan's like, hey, he, he might not have a better like infrastructure to learn under. Yeah, but I mean, you look at you know the guys that they brought in. Jimmy Ward followed D'Amico Ryan's over to Houston. Um, I think the front seven's pretty solid. Like Christian Kirksey is a good veteran presence in that locker room. So they've got a healthy balance of young up and comers and veteran leadership on either side of the ball. They bring in Dalton Schultz from Dallas. I think that's a really good option at tight end. So um, yeah. Damian Pierce is like everybody's darling last year of the preseason. They bring over Devin Singletary from Buffalo. They've got a good committee of backs. Now it's just, okay, how good of a head coach is D'Amico Ryans? How good of an OC is Bobby, Bobby Slowick? All these things just got to kind of gel. Year one of this is going to be an important year to lay this foundation. And you still play in the AFC where it seems like every good quarterback is right now. You still got to go through Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, Lawrence. Um, it's not going to be easy. So, but... If are you oh, relatively yeah. optimistic or pessimistic about where they're going? I'm very optimistic. Like they have a clear vision in mind. They got aggressive in the draft and got the guys that they wanted. D'Amico Ryan's has a good head on his shoulders. We know that their defense is going to be really well coached. And, you know, a lot of these guys come from a Kyle Shanahan system where, you know, when these guys get hired, they seem to do well. So they have a clear vision in mind. They knew, you know, th these last few regimes were, sitting duck regimes that weren't going to go anywhere. This is a this is a plan for the future for Houston, and I like what they're doing. So I think by year three, I think they could be contending for AFC South titles and being, you know, a fringe wildcard team or a wildcard team that could give teams fits. 
by year four, if like CJ Stroud does turn out to be something, this could be a fun team to watch. But I will say, I think, I think they're interesting when it comes to the allocation of talent and the acquisition mm. of talent because they won't have their first round pick this year, this upcoming draft. They'll have the, the Browns' first round pick, but we don't know what the Browns are going to be. Browns are going to be the worst team in the AFC North again. So if the Texans are bad, that pick, like their pick, is going to the Cardinals. So mm. that'll probably put them a little bit behind the eight ball, not too much because they'll still have a first round pick. But you look at the draft picks they have, uh, the Texans' future cap space, I think they're in a really good spot when mm. it comes to their cap space for the future. I mean, I'm not going to say, like, oh, they're going to be really good in a few years because that's really, like, it's a little premature, especially because we haven't seen the quarterback play yet. But Laramie Tunzel's locked in for another few years. I believe he's locked into a contract through – I mean, he just signed an extension. So. Isn't he the highest paid off to tackle in football again? Highest paid off, off to tackle in the league. Yeah. He is locked in through 2027. There's a mm. potential out in 2026. You'll have him around. CJ Stroud hopefully will be around. They could they could build something if they keep all those guys around and are able to and are able to smartly use their tap their uh, cap space, which we say about every team. But sure, I think what's interesting. We'll talk about them in a second, but. Here's where they're now going to be at, where I think Trevor Lawrence has established himself as a top five quarterback in this league for the next 10 years. Like barring injury, Trevor Lawrence, the Trevor Lawrence shadow is just going to be looming large over the rest of the AFC South. And I think that's part of why the Colts and the Texans and even the Titans to an extent were all like, uh oh, um, get a guy. Yeah. Like there's no more dilly dallying around here. This is. This is over. We have to figure this out or we are never hosting a playoff game um, in this like next decade. Like that, We have to take some shots here now. And We could potentially be seeing what the Colts had with Peyton Manning yeah. now in Jacksonville with Lawrence. In terms of just like their pure domination because you know Jacksonville couldn't find a franchise guy for like they had Byron Leffich and David Garrard for a minute, but that wasn't competing with Peyton Manning. The Texans and Titans couldn't find a guy like that's in large part why the Colts dominated is because they had a guy who's just head and shoulders above everybody. And I think we could see that now in Jacksonville. And it also makes it more exciting too, because I think one of Stroud and Anthony Richardson hits, I don't think both hit. I just don't think I see a scenario where all three are just playing at an all pro level in the AFC South for the next five to 10 years. One of these two is not going to work. I mean, I'm just throwing Will Levis out here. I think think Will Levis is kind of the obvious choice of like, yeah, we can kind of push him to the side. Yeah. Richardson and Stroud, like I could, you could talk me into both right now because Stroud, I think went to the perfect spot for him where we talked about the tackles. We talked about like John Metchie will be back in the fold. They have talent at running back with Singletary and Damian Pierce. They have a very QB friendly scheme that prioritizes accuracy. He's not going to be, I think, put in a bad spot in Houston. It's a weaker division. I don't hate it. I think the defense we saw like D'Amico Ryans will have this defense somewhere in the top 15 to 20 in defensive DVOA sooner rather than later. Like this is, I think I trust him more than Indianapolis, which leads us to Indianapolis. Are you, JB, are, are you a bigger believer in Indianapolis? Than- I don't know if I'm a bigger believer, but when it comes to the talent that they already have on the roster, mm. I think Indianapolis is really good. Like, 
Are you going to punch the ticket though that Richardson hits more? That Richardson is the hit, not Stroud. So I'm not going to say like this is the hit over Stroud. I think there's a more likely path to Stroud being merely good. Right. Yes. But if it comes to being great, Mm -hmm. like having one of those guys, Anthony Richardson can absolutely be that. Like we have. I think people kind of take for granted, like, we have not seen a quarterback athletically like Anthony Richardson. Like, we throw the comparisons to Cam. Cam ran a 4 5 four, six. Anthony Richardson ran a 4 4 3 mm. at 245 pounds. Like, we are – and it's got a cannon for an arm. And the pocket presence, the pocket mobility is there. I think he went to the perfect spot in terms of schematics, what they're going to do for him. Shane Steichen will likely run the same offense they had in Philadelphia, which is prioritizing that run game and letting – I think the biggest thing that they did was let Jalen Hurts develop while also building the offense around his ability to raise the floor with the with his ability to run. He raised the floor but also elevated the ceiling in this second year. So – the first year for Anthony Richardson, he'll probably raise the floor of the offense with his run game. You just won't – you don't see a quarterback like that and say, oh, we just can't account for him. Like, we're not going to account for him in the run game. You have to account for him. But by that second year, he could probably elevate that offensive ceiling. And when you think about guys like Alec Pierce, who was really good on contested catches downfield, that'll be exactly what he does – Michael Pittman Jr., very underrated, very good receiver. I think he's not – he's 6'4", but he's not really a big body, like above-the-rim player. He's more of like an in-between guy. He's going to do a lot of running after the catch, get him over the middle. Um, I think Josh Downs is a really nice fit. Defensively, they're still very, very talented. Like DeForest Buck is really good. Grover Stewart is really good. I'm not sure what Shaq Leonard's going to be because of all the injuries, but – you, you're one of those corners hits opposite. Um, you get Julius Brents to hit or Darius Russ to hit. Hey, we're cooking with something here. We're cooking with gas because one thing that I really like that the Colts did this uh this draft was they bet on athletic tools. They bet on that. They bet on athletes. And worst comes to worst, that floor is elevated because you're a really good athlete. Like it's a lot harder to teach a non-athlete to play football than an athlete to play football. The movements are so much different. So I'm not sure if I would say this, that I'm betting on Richardson to be the hit over Stroud. I'm just saying if there is an avenue for both quarterbacks to be truly like quarterbacks that rival Trevor Lawrence in this division, I would say it's Anthony Richardson. Hmm. I just look at it as like if I had to bet in the next two to three years, who is like I'm just forecasting who's more likely to go like ten and seven, like in the next two to three years. I think it's the Texans. Who's more likely to not be in power anymore? Chris Ballard uh, among him and Nick Casario. I just I think it's a huge, huge boomer bust year. I'm not sure about the Indianapolis offensive line. Quentin Nelson quietly regressed a lot. Like, what does he look like this year? I mean, what if that I offensive think a lot line? Of what was wrong with Quentin Nelson is the fact that he had two paint cans playing next to him last year. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of dysfunction on the on the Colts offensive line. So I also um, just don't like that receiving core. I mean Pittman's fine. I just yeah like Pierce is fine. Isaiah McKenzie's gonna start. Like I they've got a lot of like just dudes who are yeah. like fine, but they don't have anybody that really that 
makes a rookie you're, quarterback's job a lot easier. If you're a defensive coordinator, like I don't think you're being kept up at night being like, how am I going to stop Michael Pittman Jr. or Alec Pierce? I, I, I don't see that. But on the defensive no. side, like JP pointed out, like Zaire Franklin is also a really good linebacker. He's got a well-earned extension. We'll, hopefully Shaq Leonard can stay healthy. I do love what they did drafting both Julius Brents and Darius Rush. Those are two of my favorite players in the draft, and they got both of them. Both of them are phenomenal athletes, and I, I'm excited to see how they incorporate them into the defense. So, Is and, there any path to the Titans being not the worst in the next two to three years? Jared, cool. is there a case you can go against it? If one of these two quarterbacks is worse than Will Levis, and like if, if Shane Steichen turns out to be like Adam Gase, and they're just god-awful because of like his coaching, I don't see that happening in, in Houston with D'Amico. I just think that he's too smart of a guy. And Are the Titans a sneaky, like, good pick, like, good early betting odd for worst record in the NFL this year? JP no. and I talked about this. I don't I don't think they'll have the worst record in the NFL, but they will have, like, a top, like, five, seven pick in this draft. But couldn't you I see it? I think they have the worst offensive line in the NFL, right? They have oh, the worst offensive line in the NFL. They also they, have the worst receiver group in the NFL. Yeah. But – not where you want to be. <laughs> like, that's the thing. That defense is nasty. Um, especially against the run. Yeah, especially against the run. Jeffrey Simmons, Tahir Tart, Danico Autry, those are monsters. Those are just dudes that are going to eat you alive for 60 <laughs> minutes. And that's the thing. Like, Rabel raises the floor of, of any team right now. Like, he is that good of a coach. Where, yeah, you look at this roster for the Titans, you say, that's a four-win team. It's probably at least going to be a six-win team just because he's that good of a coach. He's going to get the very best out of these guys. Yeah, the offensive line lost a lot of pieces. Ben Jones left, Nate Davis left, Taylor Lewan's gone. They brought in Andre Dillard from Philadelphia, though, who, like, is supposed to be really good. He was a first-round pick, but the, the Eagles' offensive line is also just really good, and he never really saw the field, so... They're banking on him, on his potential, but they're also banking a lot on, okay, well, Derek, you're going to be the entire offense, and if something happens to you know, Nick Westbrook-McKenna, we're going to have to, you know, how good were those USFL receivers? We'll bring a couple of them in. Like, their receiving core is bad, man. They're going to be a very huge pain in the ass for every team. They will not win many games but they will be a very large pain in the ass to play. But can you, like, do you see this offense or this defense getting up for this in a 17-week season? If they're, like, one in seven and this is just, like, Will Levis, Tankathon, Malik Willis just absolutely losing it under pressure in the pocket and just doing some really great similar to what Denver was last year where like all they're in a lot of their games like most of them Mm. are one score games they just can't finish them like Like we're on red zone and we're like why is why is Titans why are the uh, Jaguars 17 17 going into the the exact game where we're gonna flip on the red zone (laughs) like why are the Titans in this game with this team I'm gonna fight. Yeah, like, if I you go back and listen to the last episode of the Pump Fake, JP is on that with me, and we try to pinpoint the exact moment that we think Will Levis is gonna actually start. And I oh, think we pinpointed the perfect game for this moment. Uh, is that the one that we agreed on? Is it week eight? Yes, week eight. But yeah. they play the Chargers at home. Mm. Like I think they play the Chargers at home. Like so, that's one. Chargers at home week two. That's week two. We're gonna turn on red zone in week two and be like, why are the Chargers only up one or two or down in the fourth? Why, are, why is Justin Herbert having to lead a go a go ahead drive in the final two minutes here? Six to the Titans in mm. Nashville because the Titans are just a very very difficult team to play against. They're difficult to scheme against on, mm. on the side of the ball. 
Like you have so many guys that are capable of dominating games. Kevin Byard still doing it at uh, safety. They need to figure out what's going to happen at corner. I think Roger McCreary played pretty well for them. Uh, Caleb Farley being healthy would probably help, mm. but that offense is horrendous. That's <laughs> really bad. Like outside of Derrick Henry and Chico Conquo, who's going to see a lot of targets. Um, that offense is bad. We're still waiting on if Traylon Burks can turn it around. But outside of that, like, who else? <laughs> like, I mean, they drafted Ty J. Spears out of Tulane, who's like a home run hitting guy that'll spell Derrick Henry for a few carries a game and might get a few targets out of the backfield. But like, they have I mean, the best like running back room, college running back room of anyone in the NFL because they drafted the dude from uh, UCLA the year before, right? What was this his name? Lee High School, Derrick Henry Tate. Yeah. Well, I'm saying Derrick Henry, who was the dude, the the bruising guy they had last year, who was actually awesome in college? Who am I blanking? Oh, they had uh, what? Son Haskins? Son Haskins, Haskins from Michigan. Michigan. Excuse me. Yeah, sorry. He was great at Michigan. Yeah, Derrick Henry's going to have to go full of Uli High School. Yeah. And to actually like be competitive. Like, let me let me actually pull up with their receiving room. It, yeah, Traylon Burks, and then it's Chris Moore, Racy McMath. That's not a real. These are actual NFL players, ladies. And I don't gentlemen. believe you. Colton Dowell, Reggie Roberson, Kyle Phillips is slated to be their their third receiver. He's He's fine. He's fine. I don't think he's like a needle mover, but he's fine. He's fine. It's not good that I pulled up his picture and he looks weirdly close to me. You never want to have a receiver that looks way too much like me. And you're going to say if your receiver looks like Chase Thomas, you're you might be in trouble. Yeah. But yeah, man. uh, Also, Ryan Tannehill getting older. Getting he's not playing injured. 17 games. We all know that. Like he's he, not playing 17. No, he's coming out week eight. We already pinpointed this. He's mm. let, yeah. yeah I'll, I, I'll go through the first half of their schedule and I'll tell you why he's starting. Why Will Levis is starting week eight? The first six games, first six weeks, at New Orleans versus the Chargers, at Cleveland versus at home for Cincinnati, at Indy against Baltimore. I don't see a win. Now they're gonna win at least one of them because of the things that we already pointed out. Like they might beat the Chargers. They could beat the Chargers. Chargers. And they maybe Cleveland. At best they're two and four there. And then they come off a bye and they're home against an Atlanta team where it's all right, yeah. (laughs) That's the first place NFC South Atlanta Falcons to you. Being at the first place in the NFC South is like being the tallest dwarf. Like it's it's cool, I guess. But you're still, still, still short. Also, will not be in first place. They will. They're winning the NFC South. Like I, I honestly don't even know why they're playing the games this fall. I like I genuinely that. don't know why we can't just sim to the playoffs because the Falcons will be hosting their first playoff game in the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium in franchise history. There's no doubt. <laughs> I really hope the Panthers win the division. They're gonna now. Face, like they're gonna face like the Cowboys in the, in that stadium. They're gonna the Cowboys are gonna blow up that stadium like they did the old one. I would probably take anyone who the Falcons, because whoever the Falcons play, because they will be like the four or five seed, like they will get like either the Niners or the Cowboys or the Eagles, and it won't go well. They're going to get destroyed, man. Yeah. My my personal hell is like Falcons Giants wildcard weekend. I would rather stick a fork in my toes and kick a wall than watch the Giants play playoff football again. I don't think they're back. I think they're uh, like with how many. I think they regress. I don't think they go back. We won't have to worry about that Falcons part. They they will not be winning the division. Who do you think is winning the division? The Panthers. No. 
See, you and I, I didn't know that you were thinking the same thing because in my game by game, I had the Panthers winning the division. I am in on the Panthers this year. I don't think the the ceiling for You must be this tall to win the NFC South, and Bryce Young doesn't pass that test. You just, Desmond Ritter doesn't pass any test. Desmond Ritter, all he does is win games. Top five all-time quarterback, college quarterback wins leader. That's all the man does. He wins football games. Yeah, you know who else quote-unquote won football games, Chase Thomas? Rex Grossman. You you beat the military. Congrats. You, you beat a bunch of guys who are probably never going to see a snap in the league. You, you going out there playing the school of the deaf and blind. Get out of here with that college win percentage. Wow. Look, like roast beef A and M. Look, the reason I say the Panthers is Y'all I don't know violence on my Falcons tonight. Bryce Young is going to be yeah, but on this floor, he should be a good quarterback, especially in Frank Reich's offense that'll emphasize a We're lot. Riding Daddy Frank Reich and quick game, it's going to look a lot. It's going to look very similar to what Tua you likes to run with the quick game, the RPO. Bryce Young has a very good feel for the game. Jonathan Mingo is going to catch a lot of those uh, glance routes. Because that's exactly that's what Jonathan Mink. That's all he did at Ole Miss. Just just a glance run and just run over the middle and see what happens. It's also a good idea to just bet on Ole Miss receivers. That defense work is going to be that defense might be really good. I'm like, excited about that defense. The Panthers defense might be really good. Idro Evero comes over from Denver. Brian Burns is an ascending player. I think he is going to be awesome this year. Uh, Derek Brown had spurts of good play. You find another corner opposite J.C. Horn, and hey, man. C.J. Henderson. Okay, don't get me started. Uh, yeah, man. Like, look, I think I'm in. Ron Bell brought over from Cincinnati to play, play deep. They got a lot of safeties, too. They got a lot of them. They can flood the field. I'm sorry, what are you all doing with Bijan Robinson in the slot? What are you doing with Bijan in the slot? Tyler Algier in the gun. Cordero Patterson in there surrounding him. You have Cordero on one side. You have Tyler Algier on the other, and you have Bijan in the slot. What are you doing with that? You're not doing anything. Quarterback won't get him the ball. He doesn't have to. We can wildcat this thing to 10 wins. Who cares? in 2008 Miami Dolphins, Chase Thomas. They could. Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams aren't going out there. Bijan Robinson might be better than all of them. So your so your best option on offense is to not play the quarterback. No, Drake London had a great year last year. Marcus Mariota was god awful, and Drake London was maybe the best rookie receiver in football last year. Drake London is a star. Kyle Pitts wasn't even healthy. You Drake get a healthy London Kyle is, Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson. It's skill, position, talent galore. You need AJ Terrell come back here for Jeff Okuda and Mike Hughes. You Who's that Jesse Bates, Roman, the secondary. Jesse Bates out here in the middle. Him fourth overall for a reason, and that's because he's not good at playing outside. He's going to have to play inside. We're putting a lot of faith in Desmond Ritter. A lot, yeah, a lot I, of it. I know it's warranted. Right? I don't know I, if you I, saw this or not. I, I Desmond has been in the weight room. He's I don't care how big he is. <laughs> he's, he's strong. Me. I like their roster. I do like their roster. Does in off season. Many you know are saying he's an like, older Trevor Lawrence anyway. You know what this is sounding like? This is sounding like Auburn Bo Nix. He's having wow. fun. He's healthy. He's well-rested. Dark horse for the Heisman. And then goes out and does terrible. He can't do terrible. Like, I don't think he he's worst-case scenario like Kansas City Alex Smith. Like, there's just – that's the oh, worst-case scenario. Don't do that. Sir. Worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, he is last year Ryan Tannehill. Oh, wow. That's exactly yeah. that's exactly who they're trying. That's exactly what the Titans want Desmond Ritter to be. He said going into the draft last year, 
His best comparison is Ryan Tannehill. Also, I wouldn't have hated them just trading for Ryan Tannehill and not doing any of this. You are Ryan Tannehill. Get out of my face, dude. Like, there's a reason they drafted. Hey, hold on. Ryan Tannehill got to the number one overall seed of the AFC. Yeah, look where that got him. They got boat race. We're gonna, we're gonna. Derrick Henry almost ran for 2,000 yards that season. Bijan, Tyler Algier, and Cordero Patterson together? Derrick Henry actually ran for 2,000 yards that However, season. could those three get to 2,000? Here's the thing, though. When has, like, especially in today's NFL, like, having a really good running back, what has that gotten most teams? Yeah, the, like, the Titans have been a playoff team. Hasn't won them anything of it's importance. It's not even that for me. It's... You just don't want me to have nice things. Teams that try to hide their quarterback. Mm. Like they do the game plan for the Falcons this year is just don't let Desmond Ritter screw it up. Don't don't let him get the opportunity to screw it up. What if he gets the year two bump from what if he's like this year's Jalen Hurts? Oh my God. You're not gonna like my quarterback rankings that I'm releasing here in a minute, bud. We're we're being so like, what are we doing? <laughs> Captain. <laughs> like, look, look. It's June 26th. That's what we're doing, J.P. Acosta. Ritter well, me this. I, Falcons I'm are... You jacked man. Don't, don't do that to me. Look, I will... I'm very vocal on the... I'm, I think I may have just killed Jared with that one. I'm going to have to wait to see it to believe it with Desmond Ritter. I'm the same way with Sam Howell. I you got to show it to me first before I can actually say like oh I think Sam House ceiling is higher than Desmond Ritter's. Oh, I, um, I feel like the kombucha. Sam Howell is just poor man's Joe Milton. No, Sam Howell. Whoa. Sam Howell <laughs> lost everybody that was what worth a piss going into his senior year in North Carolina. <laughs> still, still put up decent numbers, and everybody decided that he sucked. Go past. We're not gonna go past Sam Howell, poor man Joe Milton. He just did. Cause what? Poor man's Joe Milton. I'm gonna be thinking about that all night. Am I wrong? Yes. (laughs) What's going on here? I think Sam Howell will be fine. I I don't think so. I have to see it. I want to see it first. He can throw a great beat ball. Uh, he still needs to show that he can read an offense or read. I'm a saying though, like if I had to pick, like I only had two options, and I had to pick either Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell for this season, I would probably pick Sam Howell. If you want to pick the Washington Commanders, like that's on you. Then bet against the infrastructure that the Falcons have built. I'm sorry. You know what gets delivered? The infrastructure, the... dude. How many playoff appearances do they have Hold in the on. last decade? Hold on. No. Hold on. Well, look. Ritter me this. Which Stop one saying of that, Jake. <laughs> Which one of uh, the head coaches has a family history of delivering when it counts? Would look, it be? I do not want to hear about that <laughs> X man. I'm. If I had to say, like, who, which quarterback I, I'd place my faith in? Like in terms of, <laughs> oh, this is gonna be so difficult. Like, if I had to trust a quarterback to just be okay, it's probably Desmond Ritter. Thank you. That's what we were looking for here. Like he'll just 
like best case scenario, he's a Kirk variant. Mm. Sounds like an illness. Kirk Cousins on this show. Like, a Kirk variant sounds like an illness. It that doesn't sound positive. It's it's like you know how they have different variants of Loki. Mm-hmm. It's different variants of Kirk Cousins. Um, mm. So you have regular Kirk. It's like a scale. It's like sliding <laughs> Kirk scale. You have, uh-huh. you have regular Kirk. You have Kirk Heavy, which is uh, Derek Carr. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I don't know if he's Kirk Heavy now. He's more like Kirk Light. Kirk Light is uh, Mac Jones, uh, mm. the Niners, QBs. <laughs> Derek Carr. I'll, I'll give you that, Chase Thomas. I, I would take Desmond Ritter over Mac Jones. <laughs> Whoa. I'm not even going to get into that right now. Uh, but yeah, like Desmond Ritter at his best will probably be like Kirk Light. He's definitely he the best be number heavy. nine in the NFC South. He won't be Kirk heavy, but I, I guess the thing is, I guess the thing is for the Falcons, like he did. He's, he's back to nine. Can, can you win the division with Kirk Light? I yes, don't, I don't know if you can. Kirk wins divisions all the time. It's what he loves. All the time is a stretch. I think he's won like two. I think he's <laughs> Kirk, I don't know if you can. I don't know how far you can go with Kirk Light. They, they won one in Washington with. How him many has Ryan Tannehill won? Three. Division, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill was Kirk heavy. Stats don't lie. That was hang the, the division of, of banners. Division banners last forever, forever. That's what we look for here in Atlanta. Baby cool. steps. Hang those division banners. Yeah. If Let's I, host a playoff I game. A quarterback to just be okay. Like I said, yeah. It'd probably be Desmond Ritter. But you've got to do that so that you can trade for Kyler next offseason. You got to just get through it and then you trade for Kyler. Well, no, that's, that's, that's Minnesota's priority right now. Ever see him as a Minnesota guy. Uh, I could, him and Kevin O'Connell would get along great. Kyler Murray avoids the middle of the field. He would not get along with Kevin. He wants to go. Kyler Murray is not going anywhere cold. Kyler Murray is not going anywhere cold. Oh, I think it is also a Kyler Murray thing because short quarterbacks don't throw the ball over the middle of the field, (sighs) which is what makes Bryce Young so odd because he throws over the middle of the field. But Kyler Murray does not throw over the middle of the field because I think that was more of a Cliff Kingsbury scheme thing, man. I I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if I'm right on that or not. But I. Well, we I won't this year because that man is not playing football this year. Well I, I, I don't see him playing this year. I don't see, he has no reason to. They're going to be 2-12 and 12 by the time he comes back. I'm If I'm him, I don't. Because, like, Kirk, again, I'm giving a lot of praise to Kirk Cousins. It's been a weird Kirk Cousins episode today. Yeah, it has. But one of the things I really Ryan like. Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Desmond Ritter, they just win football games. You know it, JP. Okay, let's not start here. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that I really like that Kirk does is he's going to throw that dig route. Mm-hmm. He's going to throw that ball over the middle. And I don't think Kyler does that. I, I don't think that's his game. I don't think that's Russell Wilson's game. I don't think that's Baker Mayfield's game because they just cannot see over the middle of the field. He's better than Baker Mayfield, if that makes you feel better, Jace. Yeah, he is better than Baker Mayfield. We can agree on that. Still He's better than anybody in the Buccaneers roster in terms of quarterbacks. And, hey, that's one division rival down. That's true. Two to go. Yeah, there's a John Walford there on the Bucks QB depth chart. Um, oh wait, he went to the. He used to be on the Rams. Yeah, good for him. Well, I think their new OC is the quarterback coach from last year who revitalized Geno Smith's. Uh, yeah. 
uh, season. So maybe that. I can't see it. I, I'm not going to go down that road. The, that Baker is going to follow Gino and have if a. Baker, if Baker is just okay, you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Got, yeah. An offensive line still is work in progress. I was going to say, he's going to be running away from defenders a lot. And that's not good for Baker Mayfield because he turns into a pumpkin under pressure. Yeah, I was going to say, he turns into a effort that Mike Evans is down there somewhere. Hey, I mean, if, if you're going to throw it to anybody. Sure. So, Johnny Manziel won a Heisman off it. But, um, hey, I mean, if things don't work out well for Desmond Ritter, they Atlanta does have Johnny Knoxville, Taylor Heineke in the, as a backup. One of my favorite quotes, I can't remember who said it, but uh, they said that Taylor Heineke plays like he got hit in the head and thought he was Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah. He also outplayed Jalen Hurts on Monday Night Football. Like that's one of the least. Oh my god, we are going to be so dumb about this Falcons team for so long. I cannot believe that was just said. You're not going to try and get He's that. He's so back. nonchalantly too. Like, and he outplayed so Jalen Hurts casually. You know, he outplayed Jalen Hurts on Monday Night Football. Oh my god. Remember that time Blake Bortles played better in a game than Ben Roethlisberger, too? I do. Taylor Heineke on the jet. We all saw it. We saw we we, we saw it. I do love played. Taylor Heineke. Prime time. I'm not gonna lie. Big Taylor Heineke guy. He's also from Atlanta. He went to rival high school of mine, um, Collins Hill. So we shall see if that affects anything. Um, JP, what can the good folks check out from you over on SBNation.com and anywhere else this week? Writing about some wrestling. There um, you go. Uh, but outside of that, uh, going to be doing some more scouting. So follow me on Twitter. I'm doing a cool pod uh, tomorrow with Daniel Harms talking about some pass rushers, talking about some defensive line play. Love talking about defensive lines. And really just gearing up for the NFL and college football seasons. So follow me. I will make sure to never try and never think about Sam Howell's poor man's Joe Milton ever <laughs> again. But, yeah, just follow me on Twitter see what happens. Man, I cannot wait. Joe Milton, did you see him at Manning passing, passing Academy this weekend? 80 yards. Mountains, man. That, if, that's, if there's one thing Joe Milton's going to do, he's going to throw the ball over the mountains. I can't wait. He's going to ruin some franchise next year. I don't know who it is, but he's going top five. I already know what franchise is going to be. Who is it? It's going to be the Buccaneers. Oh, my goodness. He's it going is. to absolutely set the Buccaneers back <laughs> five years. <laughs> because, like, hey, man. <laughs> Dude, you can throw the ball real far. I mean, he's just I, I I look, I'm rooting for Joe. Two things can be true. He can win ten games in the falls this year, and falls could be really good and just like that's just he just keeps it humming. But like that may I would just be terrified of getting him out of that offense. Discourse because he has a stronger arm than him the hooker. Mm. He'll also be playing that goofy ass offense. All right, that's enough. Jarrett, um, <laughs> what about you? Anything in USA Today, uh, dot com and where else this week? Yeah, I feel like I, I feel left out. I have nothing to contribute to the Joe Milton conversation. Um, but aside from You dress- have a new college ball season. Like you I know, do, like- I do. Um, but aside from dressing like Christian Cage from AEW, um <laughs> uh some stuff on USA Today. Uh, I'll be doing my quarterback rankings one through thirty-two, releasing those, giving them write-ups. So that the entire list will be out, if not tomorrow, the day after. So that'll be coming. Um, YouTube stuff. Watch the tape. Doing one on Justin Fields this week. The last three have done really good numbers. So if you watched one of those, thank you to all those who have watched it. 
Um, I started another thing on my YouTube, uh, my top 10. So just random top 10 stuff, NFL related. I did my top 10 favorite players of all time. Go and watch that. It's fun. It's very fun. Um, and I have a feature that is confirmed that I'm doing. It is the biggest feature story of my career. And I'm not going to get too far into it on air. I'll tell you guys off air because I got to tell people because I want to tell people about it. Um, but that that is in the works and I will... Um, I don't know how to word this. It's happening, but just be patient with it. It's going to take a little bit of time, but I'm very excited to be doing it. Um, and yeah, just slowly but surely getting our way to, you know, training camp and preseason, regular season where, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And going on tour, training camp tour. If you're in Bill's Steelers or Commander's camp, come see me. Uh, take pictures. I'll sign things. Oh, if anybody ever asked me to sign anything, I'll go home. That'll be, that'll be the, I'll be like, yeah, that's, that's a good day's done. So I've noticed yeah. that he's not going down south for his ride. So that's a lot of doing... driving, man. I just did a, a, a 12 hour drive. I'm not doing that again for a while. Oh. Like traffic. Yeah, it has him shook. The south yeah. traffic has he's him shook. That Atlanta scared traffic. He's yeah. scared. He doesn't want that smoke from Folly Ranch. I might add a, uh, a day of Eagles camp to my tour, depending on how things work out. But the three that are definitely happening, Steelers, Bills, Commanders, I will be at those three. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's making our way through it. Uh, fun announcement coming for the pump fake as well. I'm doing so many things. <laughs> um, it's not like official official yet. It's official enough. But <laughs> once it becomes official, I'll send out a tweet about it. It'll be a lot of fun. So, yeah, a lot of stuff in the works for me that I'm, I'm really excited to get out. There you go. Sam Howell, poor man's Joe Milton, JP, Jarrett, thank you as always. And I'll talk to you all next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.